0: This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Rum, do you hear something?
1: Yeah, what is that? It's a bird. No, it's a
2: plane. No, it's not that.
1: Ooh, it's the best of the buzz with Bill. Is that
0: right, eh? It's a good sign of things to come. Commentary on trending headlines with veteran AMI producer Bill Shackleton. Well, now. Yep, I'm back. Police
2: asked if he had cerebral palsy. Now he's fighting ableism. Um, an interesting story about a person um, uh, that has cerebral palsy. Essentially, what has happened, and I'm sure we've had this conversation before, where you are, you know, if you're vision impaired, People think you either are totally blind or you're fully sighted. So basically, if you have a cane and you can, you know, you can see a little bit, people are thinking you're a fraud. So this guy has cerebral palsy and he has been questioned several times by people on the street, including the police, because he has a walker. And people are saying, you know, why do you have a walker? Um, You know, so he is has come up with a project that is going to be is happening now out of the rehabilitation center uh uh rehabilitation center where he and people with disabilities children and adults are basically virtually visiting classrooms to try to educate kids to this fact that that you know um that they're varying, although they're varying types of disabilities,
0: mm-hmm.
2: not if you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, and there's also the degrees. degrees. Like we yeah. used to hear yeah, how that, and I remember right.
0: the campaign, I think CNIB ran it, um, where you had people who have the thought that, like you said, Bill, uh, if you have a guide, dog, if you have a cane, or you, you know, you're, you're, you're blind. Totally blind. If you wear glasses, you can see well uh, almost fully, but you need some some assistance. There's that kind of area of, well, how many people out there are actually legitimately blind? People start trying to assess, people try to understand what they think you could or couldn't see without stopping to understand. Well, there's varying types and varying degrees of vision, as well as you're going to find that. I've seen people get questioned who come on using assistive equipment to get on a bus Park, you know, in in a scooter and hop up and sit somewhere on a seat or move around a bit. And people are like, well, what the heck? They're up there talking to the driver. They walked up. What's going on here? Uh, as if it's a question and answer, and I have to know because someone's getting away with something.
2: And so, in this particular case, the police have have accused him of stealing his own walker because you know what can you know because of their ignorant about the fact that this guy does have cerebral palsy. There are things he can do and things he can't do, like anything Uh, else, like any other disability.
1: There's a lot of this, you know, I don't know if we're there yet, but we're really trying to balance that between questioning disability, but also not throwing disability aside, right? Like when when I think of that, when I say that, I think of uh, emotional support animals versus service animals and guide dogs. Right. Right. And then the the other side of it, where we just talked about with Jim Crisco, you know, we all need to be wearing masks to uh, help out the public. But are there disabilities and circumstances where wearing a mask is really a de- detrimental to your independence or freedom or, uh, you know, everyday life? So yeah. Ed,
0: yes, I think Go we ahead. get into the problem. How do you say to somebody well, I need to realize, and, and and I've had this myself with, you know, with the tax department. Can you, you know, prove that you know you deserve the disability tax credit, for example? Okay, we need you to prove you're blind. Well, I, believe me, if I gained my sight, or got sight, whatever you want to call it, the whole world would know, right? It, it's one of those things that where are you hitting below the belt, asking someone to identify, to approve, and this is where we struggle because. Yeah, in a, during a pandemic, you want everyone as much as possible to comply, but you also don't want to be insensitive. But my degree of because to everybody, wearing the mask in our society is an inconvenience. We're not used to it. So when you had to put it on, it's a problem. Is it a life-threatening problem? Is it affecting your breathing or, in Rum's case, her vision possibly to where you become more in danger? Or is it a, oh, I just don't like it?
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? And it's the same thing with um, authorities. I, and I don't want to say that it's the exact same situation, but you feel like, you know, authorities are saying, hey, uh, you know, are you like, are you, do you have a disability or not? But the thing is, it's. It seems disrespectful. I've been around guide dog users where, uh, you know, they've had to pull out their identification and other support cards and things like that just to prove that their guide dog is a service animal and not just uh, them trying to get in somewhere, yeah. you know? Bring and their and dogs. of course, yes. it's,
0: it's reduced to that's the reason. Not because yeah. someone loves their dog, wants to take it everywhere they go. It's you're trying to get away with something.
1: You're trying something. to get away with something. Exactly.
2: That's, so part of this conversation that they're having is they're encouraging kids to ask questions about disabilities and that sort of thing. So it's a large, you know, it's a large conversation and I'm hoping it's very successful because we need to have this.
0: Yep. Yeah, Yeah, I I agreed. And and that's the thing, Bill. It's yeah. It's And it's the conversation we need to have and our own comfort zones because our society is a, We have to put things in place, as we were talking about earlier when it came to the QR codes. Well, we want to be sure that someone's not going to get away with something like doing a phony, a scan. And it unfortunately Mm. is where we go first in our society to make sure we don't get away with something.
2: You guys are chocolate lovers. I'm not supposed to eat chocolate, but that's
1: another <laughs> well, story.
0: Uh, well, uh, not notice he didn't say
1: whether he liked it or not; just said that he's not supposed to.
0: And it's another story. So,
1: <laughs> um, another one from
2: C- CTV News: Canadian scientists find key to high-quality, eco-friendly chocolate. <clears throat> so, apparently, what this is, what they've done was they have found that. Taking philosophilide, which is a a component of the cocoa butter, they mix it into the melting chocolate, and it helps the firming process. So essentially, when you make chocolate, you have to melt it and, you know, uh, heat it, melt it, and heat it, melt it, until it gets the right texture. So what they found is this substance basically is shortening the process so when they do that they have they can make chocolate much much quicker and it's very apparently it's very high quality mm. when you okay. when you make when you make it there are very expensive machines that that uh, manufacturers have to buy that temper this chocolate so this is this is a way of they think that you could make it cheaper i don't know whether we'll, whether we'll get the price whether it'll be passed down to us or not but certainly quicker, and apparently it's very high quality. Of course, the, the thing is that they've got to convince the powers that be
0: that the cost that this is, is this, worth this, it. Right? Yeah, yeah,
2: that's right. That's yeah.
1: right. Well, I'll I'll know it when I taste it. But uh, I was just going to say,
0: are you going to try to get this equipment at home, rum Despite the cost, you just have to ask <laughs> yeah, Andy okay. to, You know, well, you look. Got I, that I don't even make
1: the. I don't even make chocolate as we know it now. Let alone some new mm. version of chocolate. It'll but, be but your side thing. Is this technically white chocolate mixed with milk chocolate? Then, because cocoa butter I've, is what they use for white chocolate.
2: It could be white, although the article didn't. It just said chocolate in general, so I don't know.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I'm curious about that. I'm curious. We, how you,
0: I'm curious yeah. how you're gonna try to figure out. You know what? Maybe I will go into making chocolate. Some people make
1: uh, people make wine. Uh, some do
0: beer. Rummy does mm-hmm. chocolate.
1: I've never been the really uh, mold using type when it comes to cooking. Yeah, you know, my chocolate would come out in all different shapes and then you wouldn't be able to sell it and make your money back
0: oh <laughs> yeah sorry Bill I do <laughs> have to remember Bill that as much as she likes chocolate the making her money back would come first that, oh, absolutely. The, the, the making what? sure where other people would just be so happy I can be independent I can have my chocolate at home the amouthness yeah no I way. can be independent I can have my chocolate at home after you I pay just it just said off.
1: it was expensive I need to make my money back <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, body composting, green alternative to burial and cremation. Mm. Uh, This comes from the Associated Press. And what is um, essentially is Denver is starting the process of being able to allow body composting. So, so far, Washington is the only state that's done it. Denver is going to be doing it uh, or doing it and, and uh, Washington State next or Oregon will be doing it next year. So this is sort of a green alternative to compost or, or, or you know burying or cremation. Basically what you do is they, they have a box um, that they put you in and after, I believe it's three months, Um, they, they take the body out and then they take out all the fillings and all the hip joints and the pacemakers and the the things that you have. And then they put you back into the box for another three months. And then basically by then it turns to earth and there's enough earth to basically fill a pickup truck. And then essentially you can take it home to do as you wish um, so let me give you a couple of prices in Denver, apparently it costs well over it can cost ten thousand dollars for a funeral for the composting it's it's um, I believe it's seven thousand five hundred and it's like it's two thousand for the cremation. so it's really I mean this is starting to catch on, and I wouldn't be surprised if more states did this
0: when i'm questioning bill and I get i get after the first three months you take out the things um that don't decay uh, and go along with the compost you know with your your body as it decomposes because um, one would say well you just put somebody in the ground the same thing happens but it's the retrieval doesn't happen of course so after the sixth uh, well uh, six months down the road when they yeah. say okay come and get them Um, so does this, I mean, what, what does a person do is there there is the option to, I guess, bury the person at home or, or in a, in a cemetery. I'm a little, because, you know, we, we always say you can't go sprinkling ashes everywhere, but what happens when it comes to that, that's after six months and they call you and say, Come and take, take that you know, you may have, and th- th- toss you in the pickup truck, and away you go.
2: Well, I think most people are going to like I've sp- sprinkled sprinkle the earth in your garden. That's what they want to do. That's what they want you to do.
0: Right, like you would your regular composter. Yeah,
2: that's right. Looks okay.
0: like that. That's, that's what, what it looks I. Like. Uh, you know, because we we've always been told, oh, you can't go around spreading ashes somewhere, and we're looking at something different. I I understand that, and we'd have to obviously as a society say. I'm okay with that just like we were talking about other ways um you know of cremation using water and you know the different formats we we were discussing there as well uh when it came to uh, to pets um uh what was the, is that the proper word did I say the water
1: aquamation aquamation,
0: aquamation. thank aquamation, you I was yeah. going to mm-hmm. say cremation you can't do water and cre- um so v- very interesting I kind of curious rum where, where do you where do you feel? Where do you stand? I'm not whether I'm not suggesting. Hey, Rum, is this the way you want to you know be taken care of? Um, yeah, yeah.
1: No, I I, I think it's um, kind of a pitch at this point, right? Similar to the Aquamation, where our vet Danielle Johnkind was talking about it. newer concept, but very great for the environment, um, which is the direction that we want to kind of go in. Uh, and some of the the options out there still being considered new I think of them as pitches still you know what Kel, you know what I mean Kel's like it it doesn't feel like we're gonna say uh a b or c for the way that you want to be taken care of right um but something that's Kind of becoming an option, It's but interesting what
0: you... because of cremation, right? Some people really have a problem yeah. with the idea of okay, um, on the mantle is Uncle Fred, right? You know, no, you know, you, well, we're not comfortable with that. So, how are people going to feel about? Yeah, come and sit in the garden. No, man, your dad's out there. Like, but it, that some people also are gonna depends. Have that trouble,
1: yeah, yeah, and it really depends on you know culturally, religiously, yes. societally, where you're from. For us, uh, cremation. Growing up meant uh, you cremate and you toss the ashes. That's that's how it works, you, right? You for take a lot them of somewhere people, and do that. You take them somewhere and scatter. Right, you don't keep yes. them. Yes. Okay. No, you don't keep them. Um, so for us, it was, you know, the conversations around keeping uh, ashes on the mantelpiece or near you or close to you or in your backyard was not... The norm, um, for some people that is the norm, and you know burying, for example, isn't. So I think it does come with a lot of context, or or uh, how you want to say it, like the norm of what could, what is for a lot of people may not be, or may be the reason why you say yes, I'm comfortable or not comfortable with the particular type of thing.
0: Because like Billy, If you were
1: already okay with cremation, maybe you would consider aquamation. But if that was never an option for you, or you never right. thought of it as an option, you wouldn't think of aquamation as an option either, right?
0: No. Well, I, I think some people, th- th- they may, but like you say, that that's more of a a stretch, I think, to most people, exactly, who, who, whether they're comfortable with cremation or not. Uh, I think what's interesting is the fact that, and I think this is where I get caught, because Billy, for the longest time... You were told it's illegal. Don't go sprinkling people ashes right. anywhere. You you weren't supposed to do that. Now they're rethinking here. some of that, and <laughs> here we exactly and now here we're saying, well, we're just going to put you know the the com- compost remains here in the garden, or maybe uh, you know as as we're building a house, we'll put it as you know part like of the soil around
2: a hmm? cemetery in your backyard. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what's what, what's scaring me or, or what I'm thinking about is are people are people going to use that and say, Hey, look, I got my dad composting in the backyard? I mean, is that gonna be used for uh Halloween stories purposes or yeah it could be yeah Yeah. well Uh,
0: well, Bill I think some people do that now whether it's cremation whether it's go let's take a walk through the cemetery you know like some people you know oh it's dark well what's dark matter in the cemetery versus visiting your loved one during the you Mm -hmm. know the daytime
1: how is it going to affect the real estate of a property you know when it comes to selling yes because that yeah. that is a thing, right? Where you yeah. you want to know about people who've passed away in the home, or people who've you know tragedies that have happened in the home, things like that. So, is this going to be part of that subcategory now?
0: I, and it's hard uh, because we are supposed to return to the soil where yes, we are, where where you know where we where well, that's that's you know what is said in in that sense. So, um, I'm not sure. Of people, and again, Ram, like you said a while ago, a lot has to do with people's, their religious stance, the, the, mm-hmm. their uh, w- where they may come from in the world, and what's generally done. There's a real interesting mindset to it. And again, you can sit here and say, oh, it makes sense. It's cheaper. Um, it, it gets into the people's comfort it's... zones.
1: And it is a total sidetrack, but it's one of the other, that's one of the reasons, again, why some people are still not, uh, you know, comfortable with organ donation,
0: Right. Right? Because Uh,
1: that's right. It's just not a a part of what you thought would be um, how what happens to your body.
0: And I think that is that thought of when I when I pass on, this is what I would like to happen. And, you know, you you do need the people on board because somebody then is going to get a call. Okay, come get them. And, you know, Mm -hmm. then you have that plan. This is what my last wishes are to be for myself. And people in that having to respect that bill as opposed to, yeah, that's nice. Keep them. Well, well, no, no, it doesn't work that way. (laughs)
2: Driving bus hits vision impaired um, athlete at these Paralympic Games. Apparently, this is a a, a really essentially what happened uh, was a why you would have a self-driving bus when there's a lot of people with disabilities around anyway. But apparently, what happened was um, this vision impaired person was crossing a street, and what happened was the operators of the bus. And they, there were people, of course, or manned people on these buses to override. Mm. Right. So ba- basically, what.
1: <laughs> oh my God.
2: <coughs> yeah, well, you know, this guy, they didn't stop the bus because they thought the vision impaired person would stop walking. Now, I, I wonder, mean, did he for not hear?
1: Yeah, yeah. Who cares why? The reason why there's two humans on board is to take care of something like this that could potentially happen. And now it happened. And they're like, well, we thought he would stop walking. What kind of an excuse is that He's not going to
0: challenge the bus. Oh, and that's me. what I keep. And, you know, again, people can come up with reasons. Did he have a cane? Did he have a, a, a we didn't know? And it doesn't matter. It's a human Does being. And matter? you're there 60. for a job.
1: Oh, my gosh. Scary yeah. stuff, Bill. So, can't we even know compete if- now.
0: And do we know if, uh, if he was really injured? So he's he's out of... Uh,
2: he's injured.
1: He's
0: injured. Oh,
2: oh, oh yeah. He's injured. Yeah. yeah, he's injured. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, guess, uh guess uh, that's, again, not one of those things you want to hear about...
2: Barbie Creates Doll of Vaccine Scientist <clears throat> in the Hopes of um, Getting Girls Involved in STEM Careers. This I like this article. Um, so this summer, Barbie is honoring role models that have played a role in their community. And <clears throat> one of those persons is a professor out of Britain, who helped um, with the Oxford vaccine? Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, like I say, this is great. She um, is trying to this is, to convince other girls to to get into the math, science, and STEM research because she believes that um, there's, I mean, for whatever reason, maybe girls are. Maybe intimidated to go into those kind of careers or for whatever reason, um, she is encouraging with this doll to um, the girls to to take the plunge, perhaps, and do things that um, perhaps they never thought were possible and perhaps they never thought could do. So they could do.
0: Hmm. It's nice, Rum, to see the the respect paid to the individual. Well, in this way,
1: yeah, I think that it's really incredible because we've talked about the impact that uh, you know toys make on kids, right? Like we've talked about it in a lot of different capacities, and especially when it comes to dolls uh, and. Children being seeing themselves, like the, the whole representation conversation, but with uh, the dolls and the figures that we grow up with. So it's incredible because I think on a lot of levels, the the Barbie developers and whoever know that, you know, we know that this is the kind of impact we have um, with the, the, the skin colors, with the different, um, you know, kinds of bodies and now with the, the types of role models.
2: And we've talked about, you know, the, how the impact that Lego, Lego is having. So,
1: absolutely,
2: there are, these uh, role models are. There's three or four other ones that um, they're representing. I wasn't able to find out what they were, but I think it's a great conversation um, to
0: have. I yeah. really do. I, I really do. Go ahead, Ron, sorry.
1: Yeah, you know, I was just going to say, you know, when when I was growing up, like you were uh, focused on the accessories or the hair colors or how tall your Barbie was or whatever this kind of thing, right? Um but now we're having like just a more of a fuller that's the word that comes to mind, like a fuller picture of Barbie when you're saying, you know, this is a scientist, right? This is the role that she's playing. This is it makes you think more about who Barbie is rather than just what you're doing with Barbie, what games you're playing or, you know, what she's doing at your house.
2: Well, I think it's, I think as you say, it's like, Hey, it's a Barbie. If she can do it, then maybe I can do it. So yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. This is an extension of, of the doll. And uh, that's, you know.
0: Well, I, I also really like with this particular example that you gave us today, Bill, uh, I mean, you know, we think of, of Barbie's long career and the different things that, that uh, the Barbie doll has evolved, the whole discussions around it and, and everything like that. But to know the areas that they try to go and recognize and try to yep. encourage. And this is a, uh, someone working on AstraZeneca. It's it's not like it's something, a Johnson and Johnson product or one of the, uh, the other it's, it's, it's somebody they found and said, L- look at the contribution and trying to get young people to say, Oh, Oh, wow, and I, I just I really like that method. Whether it works and gets people into an industry that you know, why is there issues? Why are there less people either interested or being blocked from being into it? It speaks to others too, not just the, the ladies that were or the young mm-hmm. girls we're trying to reach.
1: And there's something about Barbie, too. You know it as this iconic, like, blue, the original, I guess, is a blue-eyed, blonde-haired Barbie, right? Like, she's she looks this way, and she's beautiful, and this is, uh, so many young girls are impacted by that ideal, and now there's this conversation around, You know, and I think back to like different examples of um, science and beauty coming together or like just not the physicality, but also look at the accomplishments, look at the the um, the career, the impact. So it's wonderful to see that this is merging together, that it's not just any doll company or any toy out there, but actually Barbie doing this.
0: Right. Yeah. Great article. yeah, it really was. And uh, really, I just love it. And Rum, I think it's really interesting too, because we know, as I said about some of the history and things people said, and hey, the areas that we felt uh, Barbie as, at times may not have been as just for for society and some of the reflections, but for to sure. see them working on some of those other image related things. But in a way, that's important to to showcase other people and and to get use their power uh no matter what we want to say the reach that they have for for that kind of way yes. is wonderful bill shackleton is a usual suspect on our show kelly and company you can catch billy sneaking around the studio on wednesday thursday and friday at 3 p.m eastern on ami audio and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for more of the buzz all right see ya